The future of mankind is being guided behind closed doors. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the drink, shall we? Explode the sunlight here, gentlemen. You explode the universe. They're coming for you, Barbara. You mean the kind from up there? Yes, it does seem strange, but it's nice and solid. This could only happen because the electrode ray is off. Their evil bodies turn the strongest man into jelly. Then your party will really begin. Didn't have anything for breakfast but two raw eggs and a mug of honey. Hello, Never Showing listeners. This is Lachlan. I'm not joined by Doug or John tonight. Uh, the reason is that they don't even know I've got control of this microphone. I, I snuck in here and I decided to do a bit of recording because I need to rant and I need to rant to you listeners and I need to rant about a 2020 new release film, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. I don't even know if I got that right. It's just a, a long title. It, it, it just It's just like reeks of like perhaps you know, sequels or something. I don't know. I don't know what this film was meaning to be. Uh, before we get into that, though, let's let's think of the plot. Let me let me recap to you the plot. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, it was ranking number one, number two in Australia. Uh, and essentially the plot is that in the small town of Husavik, I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly, uh, Lars Eriksson, played by Will Ferrell, and uh, his best friend Sigrid, who is played by Rachel McAdams, the wonderful Rachel McAdams, who's wonderful in everything, uh, and, you know, so much so I even forgive her for being in the, the time traveler's wife. Um, I don't know if Doug would agree with me on that one. But essentially the whole idea is that as kids they saw ABBA playing at the Eurovision Song Contest, which which completely boggles my mind because it would mean that they were like they're like 50 or something in this film and they're very clearly not meant to be 50-year-olds. Anyway, they they find the beauty and the magic that is Eurovision and they decide to dedicate their life to get into it. That is that is their dream, is to get out of Husevik and to become performers. And of course, a whole lot of stuff happens and they end up being a competitor for Iceland in, in uh, the Eurovision. <laughs> Let me start with all the things that are wrong with this film. It doesn't know what it is. There's titles, and the titles are really quite well done, so there's a bit of a positive, but there's titles all the way through it, uh, giving name places, people people names. Uh, sort of, it feels very much like a documentary without being a documentary. Uh, it doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know who to follow. Okay, we, we start following Will Ferrell at some point, and then it sort of takes a detour into Rachel McAdams, and then it, it takes a, a, a detour to the whole committee who's meant to choose it uh, there's just a lot going on Pierce Brosnan's in there and I know that Doug's would, was going to fight me on this but Pierce Brosnan was boring in this he had nothing to do he was just this majestic old man who would grunt at his screen when his son was on the screen uh, why why get Pierce Brosnan for that role no idea don't understand uh, there is so much about this film that I just that infuriated me. It it felt to me like the Americans decided, hey, here's Eurovision. America doesn't know about Eurovision. Let's make fun of it. We haven't made fun of it yet in one of our films. Let's make fun of it. And they do so, but to no great effect. I mean, the the idea behind Eurovision and and people like if you're an Australian listener, you know that we have Eurovision parties. It's not uncommon. SBS as it it's it it's a celebration of weirdness. We that's what it's come to be known as. And so to be trying to make fun of that, I think, is is actually 
kind of weird, very weird and sort of off-putting. It, it, it's, I saw a, an interview with Rachel McAdams and she was talking about how it's like the, it's bigger than the Super Bowl. Yeah, 100%. But it, it's, it's known for the weirdness. In fact, weirdness is actually like a cornerstone of this competition. So every time they try and make fun of it, it's, it's sort of like, yeah, yeah we get, I get where you're coming from. But it's just not that funny. It's, there, are, there are some genuine moments. I'm not saying there's not. Uh, there's some good gags. Uh, the plot is advanced by some of these gags. Uh, but it's, it's on the whole, it's not, not really that funny. So, look, getting that out, uh, out of the way. <clears throat> Here's what I really enjoyed about it. And this is why I'm frustrated. Because I enjoyed the soundtrack immensely. The soundtrack is Amazing. There are so many songs in there that are 100% Eurovision songs without being Eurovision songs. Um, in, in Notable is Running With The Wolves, which is definitely a send-up on, I think I want to say, like the 2016 or 2014 winners who they, they dressed up in like the, you know, grizzly masks and stuff and sang like a real heavy rock ballad. Um, you've got songs in there like Coolin' With The Homies, uh, Ya Ya Ding Dong is, is, a, is a bizarre, bizarre trip of a song. Um, Demi Lovato as the other Icelandic candidate um, is, is wonderful. <laughs> and the song along is perhaps one of the best, like, three minutes of, of, of film in the last couple of years. Um, it, the song along of, like, it's a mashup of Believe and Ray of Light and Waterloo, and it's, it's, it's just an absolute delight. Dan Stevens as the Russian contender is just glorious. Uh, if you don't know Dan Stevens, he is from Downton Abbey. He played Cousin Matthew. Um, he was, of course, killed off in Downton Abbey and so he could pursue a career in Hollywood and, well, clearly that's working out for him. He plays this Russian who sings this song, Line of Love, and it's it's just so Eurovision. Um. And of course, of course, you have the uh, two main songs, or well, three main songs. Volcano Man is is good. Um, Double Trouble is catchy, but Husevik, oh my goodness, that is a showstopper of a song, sung by Rachel McAdams. Oh wait, no, it's not. It's not sung by Rachel McAdams. And there we go back to a bit of a negative. I am not a fan of people mouthing other people's singing in films. If you have a, uh, a character that you want to portray and you can't sing, then you should have cast somebody who can sing. There's my two cents. Nothing against Rachel McAdams. I think she does a fantastic job. I, I think she probably could have sung. I think that could have 100% happened. But instead, he got uh, My Marianne, who is uh, the singing voice for Rachel McAdams, and uh, she does an exceptional job. I mean, Huzovic is amazing. Anytime she sings, it's incredible. But this is the same issue I have with The Greatest Showman and where, um, you know, the opera singer in that is actually not her real voice. It's somebody else's voice and she's just miming it. And I've got a real issue with that. There are so many talented people who can sing and act. Do, do you need... To, to, to lip sync, I don't think so. And I think it actually cheapens the whole thing. 
even Dan Stevens didn't sing. It was uh, another guy, um, a guy named Eric Mjolnir. I do not know if I've pronounced that correct, but, you know, and that's him. <laughs> Again, there are so many talented people, and I think that is one thing that, that cheapens it. So these are this, they're my thoughts. My name hey, is John. this is Doug. This is Lachlan, and I just wanted to say this is the Never Showing. The Never Showing. I believe they call this the Never Showing. And welcome to the Never Showing podcast. Please continue to listen. We do all our own stunts. Let me move on now to how I would fix it because that's really why we're here. Okay, Never Showing is all been about pitching alternate films or trying to make a film or a series better. And this is my this is my pitch. I've been thinking a lot about it, listening to to the soundtrack over and over on repeat. And uh, I think that this I think that this film, uh, Doug actually said it right in our communique over the over the last week. You know, Doug said that it it could have very easily been you know the ballad of, of Ricky Bobby, but instead went into a feel good sort of place. And it did it did go there, but. <sighs> Did it go successfully? No, I don't think it did. So here's how I'd fix it. <clears throat> Make it like Spinal Tap. The documentary is is already there. There's already the, the documentary aspect of it. It could have been a very slick-looking documentary version of Spinal Tap following Fire Saga. There's, there's fix number one. You could have you could have easily fixed it. Pierce Brosnan looking at the camera, doing some gym style, you know, office looking at the camera. I can't believe my son is doing this type thing. It really would have sold that relationship a lot more. Make it like a documentary. I think it would have worked as a documentary. To be completely honest, as as a mockumentary is is probably more the word. It would have worked hundred percent, and it would have worked really well. Second thing, make the focus not on their love story make the focus on the love story of Horsevik. And that is there. It's it's part of it. It's a really big part of Rachel McAdams' character arc. But I feel like that sometimes gets swallowed up in Will Ferrell's craziness and, and his outlandish, look at me, I'm doing an Icelandic accent. When she sings that song at the end, you know, professing her love for Horsevik, it felt like the most cathartic moment. And that song is really cathartic. It's so beautiful. Beautifully, beautifully written. Um, most of these songs, by the way, it was written by the uh, a guy who writes a lot of Ariana Grande's work and he's worked with like Sam Smith and uh, a lot of uh, pop stars. Um, like I said, the music's excellent. He, I think if you focused on that and had it, about her, a love love story with Husevik and the, and the small town, I think that just would have been excellent. I, I actually think you should have focused more on um, uh, David Dobkin is the director who who directed Wedding Crashes. Um, and if they had focused on Rachel McAdams' character and, and what she was going through, I think it would have been excellent. But the other thing that really got to me, which they really underplayed, which they could have could have played with, was that this idea of you don't win Eurovision by singing in your national tongue. It, it's brought up once or twice. And then at the end, there's this, like, again, cathartic moment where she sings in Icelandic and the entire town is just so, you know, excited by that. 
that should have been actually the core of it. That should have been something about, you know, you don't need to strip away your identity to be successful or you don't need to strip away your identity to be happy. The film would have worked with that new focus. I, I think that's part of why I don't or didn't enjoy it. And I know there's a lot of people who enjoyed it. I think I went in with way too high expectations. But there, there, there's my fixes. Make it a bit like Spinal Tap and focus on the fact that it's all, it's more a Rachel McAdams story uh, or secret story uh, than it is about Lars. And one final thought. I don't know if it's sloppy writing. I don't know if you just got lazy. I don't know if they were drunk or high. But his name is Lars Eric Song. Eric Song. Mm, mm, mm. It felt cringy. But an honourable mention needs to go with the chairman of the Eurovision Selection Committee, played uh, by the very wonderful Mikhail Persbrandt, uh, who you guys would probably know him from Sex Education. He played uh, the father of Ola, and uh, he does a really great job of being the villain. But again, he's like a flash in the pan. The, the story is not drawn out. And if you had a... a, a this is Spinal Tap type thing going on. You could easily, easily show him in the background as being this this bit of a villain. You didn't have to do like the whole uh, filmmaker interviews. You didn't wouldn't have to do anything like that with Spinal Tap. You would just have to make it a slick pop pop mockumentary about this Eurovision contest, and it would have been a much more satirical thing. You could have really gone a little bit deeper. Look, it's a fine film. It's an all right film. Is it great? No. Is it going to be up there with? Will Ferrell's other ones, no. Could it have been? Yes. And there you go, dear listeners. There is my rant over. There's how I would fix it over. Uh, please make sure you jump onto the socials. Uh, follow us at, at Never Showing on Twitter. Uh, we are Never Showing Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And make sure that you drop us a line there. Uh, tell me what you think of Fire Saga. Well, Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Again, way too bloody long. <sighs> rant over. See you next week. Well, that's all the pictures and time we have for this week. But it doesn't have to stop here. Head over to our social medias, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All three of us are ready and waiting to discuss all things film, television and pop culture. We also want to hear about your pictures and ideas. If you've got your own take on this week's film, we would love to hear it. And we'll be back next week with more movies and more pictures. So join us here again for the Never Showing Podcast. Your company is always welcome. Especially yours, Harrison Ford. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. He does this every time. He doesn't care. Anyway, until next time, I'm Doug. I'm Lachlan. And I'm John. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful time.